Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. This is series eight. I'm so excited to bring it to you. Our last series, we chatted with Team Canada's Paralympians, and this series, we will be dropping in with Soldier On Athletes. Now, you might be wondering what the heck are Soldier On Athletes, so let me give you a little inside scoop. It's a program of the Canadian Armed Forces, which contributes to the recovery of ill and injured Canadian Armed Force members and veterans by providing opportunities and resources through sport, recreational, and creative activities. I can't wait to drop in with these soldiers as they share their stories with us. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 70. I can't believe it's been 70 episodes so far, and now we're on eight series. Thank you so much again for joining us. Let me introduce the guests that we will be dropping in with today. Chief Petty Officer enrolled in the Royal Canadian Navy in 1999 as a naval communicator, serving abroad various Canadian warships. He has deployed around the world conducting numerous counterterrorism and counterpiracy missions. After being injured in an operational theater, he now works for Soldier On, where he helps other ill and injured soldiers, sailors, and aviators, and they use sport to fuel their recoveries. He has been involved in the planning and execution of events and programs such as Soldier on Afghanistan Relay and the Invictus Games. He continues to boost the lives of members, veterans, and their families. He has been recognized for his exceptional deed being honored with the Meritorious Service Decoration. He lives in Sitzville with his wife Claire and daughter Rose. This husband, father, decorated chief petty officer, has been helping ill-injured soldiers with the Soldier On program for nine years. I'm pleased to drop in with chief petty officer, Joe Kirali. Hello, hi. Joe. How are hi. you? Hi, I'm good, Mercedes. Thanks so much for having me. I, Thanks uh, for coming I on. I don't normally get an opportunity to hear people talk about me. It's, uh, it's strange, I but I kind of liked it. I know. I think it's the best part because me being an athlete, I like, I feel like everyone else knew all the accolades about me. And then to hear them, I think it's like, oh yeah, okay. I did do all of that, which I think it's so cool. Yeah. This is this last few years for me, especially has been just an absolute whirlwind and, uh, and reflecting when I get a moment to reflect back on some of the amazing opportunities that I've had personally and professionally and and the impact I've been able to contribute it's it's remarkable so happy to to join you with uh you today amazing and now um before we started recording I did ask you one thing about your bio I was like operational theater did I get that right because I tried to google it and I was like I don't really know exactly you, you so did for us common folk what you so you were injured in an operational theater yeah what, so what I, does that exactly mean so yeah, thanks. Thanks for calling me out. I, I mili military folks serving and retired tend to tend to speak a slightly different language sometimes. So it's yeah. it's nice to uh, to remind us to 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 translate when required. Um, <laughs> an operational theater refers to kind of an area in the world where something is happening, either uh, a peacekeeping operation, a training mission an all out war, unfortunately, as we're seeing uh, now in the Ukraine play out. So I, I was in the, in the Canadian Navy and uh, for 20 years and I served aboard various warships and uh, on, on one particular mission to the Persian Gulf when we were enforcing sanctions against uh, then Saddam Hussein's uh, regime in, in Iraq. Um, I had a phys an accident where I was physically injured ab aboard my warship and, and the rest of my career um, was was a, a, a continual struggle with those physical limitations and how it how it affected myself, uh, my performance, my abilities, and and ultimately my mental health. Okay, okay, I did not know that, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, all right, so on dropping in, we do start with ten rapid fire questions that you have never seen before, okay. and the audience that listens and watches knows that. They are never rapid, so you can expand as long as you want. <laughs> this is for the listeners and, and uh, viewers to get to know you a little bit better. I feel like I need to be warming up here. 
Okay, are let's you, go. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Number one. It's the, the easiest one. Where in the world are you today? So I'm coming to you live, I guess live, from the west end of Ottawa, Ontario. I'm actually a BC boy, uh, born and raised born and raised in Vancouver, and then uh, spent some time after high school up in the north of BC working, um, and then joined the, the Canadian Navy out of Vic Victoria. So I've spent most of my life uh, on, the, on the best coast, as we call it. Um, <laughs> certainly spent a fair share of time up at Whistler as well. Yeah. And But now I've, I've transplanted. I'm now an honorary... Uh, Ontarian um, working working with the Soldier On program in Ottawa, and so that's where the program's based. Yeah, we're headquartered in Ottawa, but we actually have a physical presence. <clears throat> this is something we're super proud of. We've recently grown to have a physical uh, presence and a regional coordinator at all of the major centers uh, across Canada. So we actually have nine different regions that we have a physical presence with, and and we're providing opportunities right right from coast to coast to coast now. Oh, it's so rad. That's really important. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two, what drew you to enroll in the military? It's a funny story. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this is, this is, this is a, I've heard the story from a lot of different folks. Okay. Um, and for me, like I said, I grew up in North Vancouver, um, uh, went to, went to various schools and then finished my high school up in the North of BC in Fort Nelson. Um, way up the Alaska Highway. Way um, up north. <laughs> way up north, yeah. Uh, tried university. I, I didn't have a clear goal in mind, so I, I went to uh, UNBC, the University of Northern British Columbia in Prince George for a couple of years. Okay. Kind of floundered. I didn't really have a solid goal, so I was just racking up student loans without a really concrete goal in mind. So I ended up doing what a lot of folks do, just kind of chase the money. So I went to work in uh, sawmills in the forestry industry up in, up in northern BC for a couple of few years, paid off my student loans. And I really started to develop a bit of a wanderlust, wanted to, wanted to travel and see some of the world. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I said, you know what, it's time to make a change. Um, I was in my early 20s uh, and I just needed, I felt I needed to shake things up a little bit. So... I joined the military in my head, in my head. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know uh, what element or, or trade I wanted to be necessarily. I just said, sign me up. I'll take whatever's available. Let's do it for three years. And, and then hopefully kind of refocus my life after that. Um, three years turned into 20. <laughs> I, I, the Navy, the Navy came calling. Um, I, I thought it sounded like a really, uh, adventurous lifestyle, you know, kind of swashbuckling and traveling around the world sort of mm -hmm. on ships. I'm like, that sounds really cool. That sounds exactly what I want to do. So yeah. I joined the Navy. I, I saw the world. I, I did a lot of really interesting things uh, in my first three years in, and I decided to join for another three years, uh, kept doing some really cool things. And, and then I, before you know it, uh, my, my 20-year career was done. And uh, here, here we are today. Wow. I'm like, I, it's funny because I remember being in high school. I'm totally veering off the rapid fire, but I remember being in high school and I don't even think my parents know this. Like I haven't told this to anyone, but I remember like when it was like the time to choose and everyone was kind of coming into the high schools and talking about what's next, what's next. And, and I remember the army people coming in oh, yeah. and being like, yeah. well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> but then I was I was like so deep into snowboarding that it didn't it didn't come to fruition. But now that I've retired and like reflected yeah. on that, I think of that a lot. And I'm like, I could have been. <laughs> you still could be Mercedes. I'm just. Saying. Oh, I'm pretty old. Ah, no, I'm no, old. No. Yeah, and I remember we had the same presentation, probably by different by different recruiters. But yeah. I remember thinking about it in grade twelve, um, and then saying. No, I'm going to be a scientist. Uh, you know, I was really fascinated with biology at the yeah. time. So I, I, I started a science degree at UNBC, but quickly discovered I, I enjoyed uh, partying and um, other <laughs> extracurricular activities a little bit more than a focused goal. So I quickly wound up in, in second year genetics and chemistry courses going, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Right. Uh, I'm piecing out here. So I'm going to go work oh, for a little God. while and re, re, refine myself. Uh, so, and growing up, I, um, I think what drew me to, to the military was also that sense of camaraderie, that sense mm -hmm. of kind of, uh, I say, I don't want to say fraternity in a, in a gender specific way, but that right. sense of really tight knit community 
that yeah. and the sense of discipline um you know after i i had a bit of a troubled youth myself um okay. with my mom lost her husband and my i lost my father when we were quite young so you know all of those trials and tribulations of growing up with a with a with a single mom trying to to put bread on the table and raise three kind of hellions um <laughs> So yeah, I think I was craving a, a little bit of structure, a little bit more structure in my life too. And I absolutely ate it up. Um, when I joined up, I realized that military service was more than just a paycheck. It was a life, it was yeah. a calling. And it was after, you know, after 9-11 happened is when my, my mind kind of shifted gears. Uh, I was on my ship coming back from my first foreign deployment um, when 9-11 happened in the middle of the night, I was the first one on our ship to read about it. And that my jaw dropped and my heart sank. Wow. And I just knew that the whole world was changing right before my eyes. And, and that's when I really started to feel more, more of a, of an honorable or, or service related connection with the military. And that's when I knew I wanted to do it for, for life. Um, unfortunately my injuries precluded that, that for life aspect, but here we are. And I found another important mission to, to, to oh, contribute I, to. I love the soldier on program. So I love uh, for the listeners that don't know, they should know I live in Whistler, British Columbia, Canada, and I have seen the soldier on program in Whistler when they're out on the mountains. And, and honestly, I, I have no words cause I'm just like, so happy to see you all when you're here. Um, okay. Back to the rapid fire. Number three, three. Oh boy. We're not going very quick. I'll, I'll pick it up here. I know. No, don't worry. They're they're never <laughs> rapid. <laughs> um, how many different locations were you stationed? I realize you were on a on a vessel most of the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, would you get off at like places or just stay on the ship? I'm so, not yeah. sure how it all um, works. <laughs> so typically, you your your military service is is um, consists of initial period of training. Everybody has to learn to be a Canadian Armed Forces member first. So that's the yeah. boot camp basic training. Um, and what and then, time in the morning do you have to wake up? <laughs> every morning for that that uh, is kind of what i wasn't so keen on the days blend together but it's only you know it's only between 12 and 16 weeks so you can do anything for that period of time it's just a yeah that's you go to bed true. late. that's like a full like okay i can do it for this amount of time yeah. and then i don't know what's next okay <laughs> so so i mean everybody's military experience is different based on your occupation okay. um for me basic training was a very arduous time in the career and then we went to more I was in communications in the Navy, so we learned how to be a sailor after that, and then we learned how to be a technical communications operator after that. Whereas if I was an infantry soldier, I would have went from basic training to a much more physically demanding uh, course with, with even more uh, physical demands um, right. because you need to learn how to be a, a, an infantry soldier. Okay. So yeah, um, it was interesting. The first couple, the first year I would say was mostly shore-based training, getting, getting, getting trained to become a Canadian Armed Forces member and then a sailor and then a, a communications operator, which I was. Um, and then after that, then I joined my first ship and it was an absolute whirlwind, you know, um, sailing around the world. Uh, you typically work really hard. You're, you're working around the clock, you're sleeping and, and eating and working in very short shifts around the clock. And then weeks, days, weeks later, you wake up and you're in some exotic location and you usually get a couple of days to go explore that, uh, that town. So, That's or nice. that, that port. And then, <laughs> and then you do it again and you keep going. And depending on what the ship is doing, you could be on a specific mission to get somewhere to do something, or you could be training, uh, and, and getting the ship and the crew ready to do something in the future. So I did that for a number of years on one ship and then, um, went back ashore to do more training and then. Yeah. After that, you join another ship in a different rank, in a higher, higher ranks uh, capacity, and you're leading yeah. more people and you're, you're doing more complicated tasks. And then you do it all again on a different ship. And, and I went from East Coast to West Coast a couple of times, and I did a number of deployments, like I said. Um, How many ships were you on? Would you uh, so I was on one, two, three, three ships altogether. Okay. And then did the the room situation changed every time because you were getting like better. Oh yeah, no, no, not necessarily. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. I love this. You know, this is the best. Your 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 mess decks, as we call them in the navy, okay. um, kind of like the a barracks room, but on a ship, um, mm -hmm. can consist of anywhere from ten to fifty people. 
in an area stacked three on top of each other, basically on bunks. And you have a very, you have a very small bunk bed. Um, I'm over six foot tall. So I, I would usually hit my head or my feet uh, in the bunk, but, and then you have a little locker that you can keep your, your uh, personal effects in. And that's what you live out of for six to nine months at a time when you're at sea. But then the ships can, then the ships can come home and they go through a maintenance period. um, And then you get a chance to be at ashore they call that and you can spend some time you spend a bit more time at home with friends and family during those periods and it kind of ebbs and flows and cycles like that wow that's so cool thank you so much for sharing i'm intrigued for sure um i don't know that many people know how how it all works so i think it's really cool um number four if you were into sports before you were serving in the military what were those sports so as I said, I grew up in Vancouver, so the North Shore Mountains were my uh, sometimes my extended lunch break on school. Uh, you know, yeah. high school, oh, I'm just going to go stretch my arms, boom, I'm up the mountain. So I skied on Grouse Mountain a lot uh, as okay. a teenager, um, you know, two to three trips to Whistler a year as a kid uh, to ski. I even tried snowboarding uh, only a couple of times. Um, How'd that go? I, I loved it when it was nice but... and fluffy powder. So now... <laughs> I, I snowboarded at Mount Baker once and it was the best day ever. And then I snowboarded on Grouse Mountain on like oh, after, a, after a wet rain and it was just all ice. And I said, I'm never doing this again. So oh, <laughs> we lost you. Yeah, yeah. Well, back <laughs> in those a- days too, everybody, honestly, everybody hated snowboarders yeah, because it was sure. still, you know, it was still the thin skis and, and barely anybody snowboarded and those that did just kind of like messed up the tracks for everybody. And it was a bit, a bit of this back and forth, right? Not like it is today. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. Awesome. Okay. Mountain boy. Mm-hmm. I love that. So okay. that, and then um, high school and rugby in high, uh, sorry, high school, rugby and basketball as well. Okay. Um, Wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Number, number five. Five. Right. Yeah. Uh, what was the first sport you were introduced to in the soldier on program? Cause there are there specific sports. Yeah. So, program? so basically our, and, and I should mention for our listeners that soldier on is more than just sports. Okay. Um, yeah. Did I said that at the beginning, but I don't know. Yeah, that. And that's where our Expand. focus, that's where <laughs> our focus started as a program. Okay. And as we've grown, we've grown to include, to recognize that an active lifestyle doesn't always necessarily mean, um, sports or competitive in natured stuff, right? It could be physical yeah. activities. It could be recreational activities. And lately we've even um, uh, embraced the concept of uh, creative activities being good for your recovery. So we, like, we like sub- art. arts, we dancing, music, painting, uh, you name it. We photography. Um, yeah. You name it. So, so important. recognizing that there's a lot of yeah, injury can, can, um, really devastate uh, a, a high profile athlete's life mm-hmm. i'm sure you've seen how the effects of injury on 100%. on on what it can do but it also has that kind of similar effect on a military member's life because we're so focused into yeah. um the the mission of service yeah. before self we we have that drilled into us right from basic training that it's we have to um we have to give of ourselves in service to our nation um, yeah. And that's such an honorable mission that most of us can't, we have a very difficult time when injury forces us to alter that, uh, that service. And take care yeah. of yourself. First. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's something that sometimes we're not really good at as individuals because we're yeah. always trying to make sure those around us are well situated. We're used to performing at a certain level. That was my yeah. biggest thing. Um, yeah. I was always a very physical and active person. Yeah. Um, and when I was, when I started to slow down because of my, my physical limitations, everything started sucking. Um, yeah. you know, um, my life eventually fell apart. I was, mm-hmm. I was single, divorced, lost a lot of stuff, lost a lot of friends. Um, and life changing. It is, it is. And I, and that's when the, the battles with mental health, uh, for me started happening. For sure. So, so yeah. So sorry, that's a big segue from that. But no, I, I joined Soldier you. On. I joined. I joined. I joined Soldier On personally at my darkest part of my recovery. Just coming to terms with, I was in denial for a few years. I didn't. I didn't want to admit that I was struggling. So yeah. I joined Soldier On after after my life had kind of fallen apart, and it was mm-hmm. just kind of this happy 
accident of coming coming in uniform to a program to to act as a leader, yeah. um, providing these opportunities for these other ill and injured members. Right. <laughs> so, so you my, were still serving others. And I not was. Yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but very quick. So my first event that I was exposed to was the Canada Army Run, which is a <laughs> massive coming together in Ottawa of tens of thousands of people. Um, who want to show their support for the Canadian army um, and soldier on had a team. I was quickly introduced to this because I was, I was organizing this event for soldier on yeah. of 60 or 70 ill and injured members, veterans from all across Canada, all walks of life, all branches of service to bring them into Ottawa to, sh to, 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 to show, show them that the, that level of support was there for them. Um, and then to help them, challenge themselves throughout that weekend to, to figure out that, hey, yes, injury is here. Um, it, our lives are not the same, but there's new ways of staying active and together we can do it. So that's that was my first exposure with the Soldier On program. And that's actually when my life started changing around. And I started realizing that I wasn't alone. Yeah. Um, and by leaning on others, I could actually make myself stronger in the long run. So that's, that was a really powerful moment for me. And that's when it, ha it went from a bit of a check in the box. Oh, I have to go to Ottawa to, to gain some more experience and then come back, get promoted and, and keep doing, keep marching down my road. That's when my road changed. Um, arguably, for the better. For the better. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. And I've been here ever since I've transitioned out of uniform. Um, very difficult to, to do that when it's not on your terms. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's been magic. And, uh, and here I am today now, um, surrounded by an amazing team right across Canada. And we deliver over 150 activities around Canada each year, ranging, like I said, from those multi-sport, multi-day winter sports camps in Whistler yeah. to the Invictus Games, right to a, a half-day paint seminar um, or a dance class. Or I love music that. Class. So yeah, so uh, we have a really talented team uh, of passionate people across Canada who work to 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 provide all of these opportunities. Yeah, um, and we continue to grow. So it's it's a pretty special program, um, and it has a lot of impact. Uh, it can really help change people's lives. It sure did for me. So a hundred percent. I thank you. Thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing. I, mm. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, um, our listeners know I had a crash in 2014 that took me out of sport um, for over two years. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like picking up on the similarities and I, and I respect soldier on so much and that you've gone to the creative aspect of it as well, because all I could do was literally paint. Mm -hmm. Like there's not mm -hmm. much you can do. And so though sport does help, but if you're not able to do it, there's other avenues that you can take. So that's super interesting. And, sure. and, and that's a great point for me. I kept trying to go back to those previous sports that I love to do. Um, and every yeah. time I, every time I did them, every time I tried to play, you know, varsity or intramural basketball, I, I couldn't move. I couldn't jump. I couldn't shoot like I used to. And all it did was just further spiral me. So it wasn't really until I tried new activities that I had no baseline in. I love golf yeah. now. Um, golf is a massive yeah, part too. of my life. I, I, I get worse at it year over year, but I, I never did it. <laughs> I never did it before. So I can't compare myself to anything and I don't want to. I, I simply use right. it as a chance to decompress, to kind of be in the moment a little bit and, yeah. and, and get out of the house and get away from stuff. So, yeah. yeah and that's, what, and that's really an, another important thing is not only to adapt to, to do things that you used to do in new ways, but also try new activities and, and challenge yourself to, to explore all of life's possibilities. Yeah, um, which can be aggravating and frustrating, but also if you break through, awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome, okay. So what would you say, this is number six, what would you say is the biggest risk you've taken in your life so far? I, I very, I can, I can say this um, pretty clearly. Mm -hmm. Betting on myself. Um, when I mm -hmm. when I when I came to Soldier On, like I said, I wasn't in a place where I I thought myself deserving of help. I felt okay. a lot of because this was in the heat of Afghanistan as well. A lot of um, people that I knew had gone to Afghanistan. Some of them were were killed. I felt like my problems didn't matter. Um, so I kept driving myself, and I kept. Uh, 
kind of putting off my own recovery. So when I finally hit rock bottom and I, frankly, I didn't want to live anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I, I put my hand up for help and that's what led to the ultimate transition out of the military, but it's led me to this amazing life now that I have with yeah. a, with a wonderful family around me, a beautiful girl. I never thought I would be a father. Here I am. Um, Yay. it's yeah. So I think betting on myself, even though, yeah. even though I didn't want it, even though every bone in my body was saying, don't do it because it's going to lead to the end of your career. Um, and that's how I was defining myself. I still did it. It was, it felt like a massive risk and it's been, um, an amazing journey ever since it's, it's not, there are a lot of hard times and I still mm -hmm. struggle with a lot of things. Um, but I don't think that goes away. <laughs> it doesn't No, but, but, but the mindset of destigmatizing the, or, or turning, turning a perceived weakness into a strength, right? Yeah. Not being afraid to talk about what you're feeling, not mm -hmm. being afraid to ask for help and not mm -hmm. be afraid to, to let people know what you're going through a little bit. Um, I think has been a big part of my personal recovery. And I think yeah. I found where I belong with the right. program. And, yeah. and as you said earlier, the, that to know you're not alone, that's why mm -hmm. I always share my story. Like honest, honestly, last night, I, it, you know, it's that shoulder season. I did a whole series on shoulder season blues because mm -hmm. last, last year during COVID I was not okay. So I was yeah. like, no one else is okay. Let's get real. Yeah. And then here I am again. I'm so grateful that I'm doing this series because yeah, it gets me, this is it a gets, lot of it gets me up. And then I'm uh -huh. like, yeah, honestly, last night I was like, I am not okay. Where are my friends? Like, what's happening? Um, so I get uh, knowing that you're not alone. I think that's so important mm -hmm. for sure. Um, this is a good one. Number seven. I feel like I might know the answer, but I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. What puts a smile on your face? The simple moments. Um, I used to be I used to be a big daydreamer and always be looking to the future. Um, it, especially in my military career, it was always, how do I get there? How do I get there? I want right, to be there. The next, so it's next, just next. pushing myself. Every, everything in the minute doesn't matter because you just have a checklist you're trying to do to get to that next goal, to get to that yeah. next goal. Now, I still, I still do that. Um, that's a large part of my professional work is to make stuff happen. Yeah. But now when I'm sitting with my daughter on my lap and we're, we're, we're saying some ridiculous bedtime story, um, those, those little moments, uh, those just, those just kind of recharge me and, and reground me. And yeah, I, I, I don't that. know. I just, just being more in the moment and not worrying about the past right. and not worrying the about the future. Yeah. yeah. And if you I, set yourself up in the present to enjoy every moment, you're going to get to where you need to go. That's true. Easier yeah. said than done. Sometimes. It is for sure. Yeah. But to take those instances and I, and I was kind of correct. I'm glad you brought up your daughter. Cause I was like, I'm sure he's going to say his daughter. Well, I'm, I, I should, I should say Claire, my wife too, because she saved but, my life. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. she oh. kept me on the, on the, the, the road where I'm at now when a lot of times I wanted to be anywhere else. Right. So yeah, it yeah, takes two sure. to tango. It really does. Ayo, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So good. Okay. Number eight, the show you binged um, and book that you oh read. My. <laughs> I'm so friggin' busy. Um, you don't have days. time for any of it. <laughs> I don't, when I come down after I put Rose to, because so I'm, I live in chronic pain with a lot of physical limitations. I don't move around so well anymore. So trying to keep up with an amazing, energetic two-year-old, plus doing uh, a pretty demanding work that involves a lot of travel, yeah. days are long. Um, yeah. I try to get a little bit of activity in during the day, but at night, it's typically, um, I'll sit and stare at a wall for 10 minutes. Okay. I might watch a little bit of YouTube. Um, I like to watch uh, uh, sports bloopers, honestly. I, I'm oh, yeah, kind of yeah. stupid like that. I just like to watch mundane kind of funny stuff. So, you're, but yeah, you're not last, alone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's this, why they made um, YouTube and Instagram oh, yeah. and all the things. <laughs> but probably I would say I, the, the one series I can't get enough of is The Office, just because uh, there's, there's always... Americans? You know, since, uh, the American office. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, there's the early season before, before Michael leaves, I thought that yeah. got dis disjointed after that, but yeah, whenever <laughs> I have a chance, I love to go back and watch some of those episodes just cause yeah, I think we can all relate to, to that in some regard for the modern kind of 
the modern hustle a bit. Ooh, um, yeah, so that's one thing. And then the other question was what? Um, book. Book. Oh, God. Um, so, it could uh, be a book you read to your daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. I, and, and some of those things, I actually, some of those baby books and, and toddler books, I, I learned stuff from that I've either learned in the past or never knew. Like, holy right. cow. The world has changed a lot. Um, society has changed. I look at some of the, the children's books that even my wife has from her childhood. I'm like, you can't say that anymore. Forget this. Right. Get this book. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Let oh alone gosh. stuff that my mother-in-law or my mom had from their childhood. It's like, oh boy. Uh, uh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, so I'm joking. I Joking, not joking. I'm probably the longest serving undergraduate student in history. Uh, I told you I did two years of a Bachelor of Science degree way back when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I did throughout my military career was to take one course at a time to try to get to those next goals, right? So you, you get like professional development points and stuff, right? So I didn't have a plan. I just kept taking courses that I found interesting. All Are you still through taking those courses. Well, so so I get to the end. Wait, of my, that was twenty years. That was twenty years ago. Okay. Just picking away. At, so basically, I have probably like four degrees worth of first and second year courses, but it, I didn't have a goal. So right, I was right. I, my only goal was to take a course that I was interested in, but to get to get the brownie points so I could get promotions and stuff like that in the military. Yeah. Well, once I got to the end of my time and I realized, oh boy, I need to have a solid plan because I'm getting out of the military soon. Right. Um, so that's when I converted everything to an actual degree through the Royal Military College. Okay. But most of those courses I took were no good because you can only take oh. so many first and second year courses. So I am still, an undergrad student. I have two courses to go and I've got my degree uh, in sort of a general arts degree through RMC, but I'll be super proud of myself for sticking with it after all these years for that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I laugh and say like, I'm that Frank the Tank from, uh, from that movie. <laughs> I love that. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I so, so, so books, honestly, uh, I, I haven't done a lot of pleasure reading for a while. Yeah. I, I grew up on science fiction um, and yeah. fantasy books. Um, I, I just loved to kind of escape to those different different worlds as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that science fiction has still influenced my my personality a little bit uh, to this day. But um, yeah, so for but I like I said, I love reading some of these new books that are the kids books with yeah. Rose and 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 they're 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 really focused on inclusivity. There's a strong mm -hmm. message of community. There's a strong message of like being a good citizen in there, and there's all so much about empowering young girls and women. It's uh, and that didn't dress. exist before. It was always just here. Here's a Barbie, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's you get a Hot Wheel, and here's a yeah. Barbie. <laughs> yeah, now it's about here's stuff that you can be, and you yeah. can be this, and you can be stuff that's not on this page. So let's talk about it, totally um, and it's pretty cool. And and little Rose is growing up to be a very confident. Uh, strong-willed person which is pretty cool to see she might end up reading sci-fi to you hey <laughs> and i might be the one in the diaper eventually who knows <laughs> that always fits like that. <laughs> um number nine what's your favorite travel destination oh boy um i mean you've been all over the world yeah and you did and say that sometimes you get a couple days to like see the place but yeah. I mean, if you're going to go somewhere, maybe with your family, mm -hmm. is there a specific place or is there like somewhere on tour? Wait, do we call it tour? I don't on know. Tour? Yeah, a tour on tour. On tour uh -huh. yeah. um, that you would have preferred to go to. Oh, I've been, you're right. I've been, I've been so lucky to, to have traveled literally around the world. We circumnavigated the, the globe on, on HMCS Calgary in 2008. So I got to see just about everywhere uh, right. around the world. Uh, Close to the equator, anyways, around the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, home is where your heart is. After all that travel, um, I can't think of a better place to be than at home with my family, just having a simple evening at home. Um, but if I had my druthers... Because you traveled so much. So much. And my yeah. wife isn't super keen on traveling. Obviously, COVID has, has um, lessened the appetite, I think, to travel. Yeah. Um, but my wife and I went to Bali on our honeymoon. Um, that was pretty, it was pretty magical. Obviously it's also sad at the same time because you yeah. can see what, you know, 
devastation. Everybody's had that, the devastation of, of humanity, right? Yeah. So in one part, yeah. it's this untouched, pristine, um, amazing nirvana. And then on another hand, you're, you're on a beach and it's just a floating garbage pit, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but romantically, I would say Europe. I'd love to spend some more time in Europe with the family. Mm. Um, yeah. Claire's family has, she has extended family in England. So I'd like, to, I'd really like to spend some time in exploring Europe a little bit. Um, my father came from Hungary. Um, I'd like to spend some time in there. We have some Norwegian heritage as well. So I'd, I'd really love to take the family and spend some time exploring Europe at some point. I don't know when that's going to be though. I love that. Awesome. Um, now the last question of the longest rapid fire we've ever had, which I appreciate. Oh my God. I, love I'm sorry. It. I, told, no. I told you going in that I, I, I like to talk. So no, I love it. I've learned so much and I know <laughs> that our listeners have too. Um, number 10, which I already stated in the bio, but I think it's important to share again. How long have you been part of the soldier on program? So yeah, I served for 20 years. Uh, oh, on the soldier you, on program. Right. So oh, the yeah, last, okay. the last, I think four years of my mil of my 20 year military program plus now almost five years after so about nine years i've been with the soldier on program um, so you were part of it while you were still in your 20 I, years i was yeah i came in as the what, what we call the operations warrant officer so i came in as the kind of get stuff done guy um okay. planning events um taking care of people's uh making sure there's a safe you know there's a bit of uh discipline and and strategy around each each activity so that that planning role and then i've migrated within the program as i've progressed outside of uniform in, into more of a communications and outreach role and now i'm the acting uh, national manager in charge of the program overall so awesome how many um soldiers would you say have gone through the program or are they do they do you go through it or you just stick with it forever like, so how does every, that work we, 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 we seek to, and I'm, I'm so happy by the way, that we're switching gears to talk about soldier on a little bit more in detail. Just, I, I, I I've been blabbing on, I've just realized that I haven't really talked. No, about I know. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> the background. The background was definitely yeah. needed and that was the rapid fire. Now we're going to get into the nitty and gritty of yeah. like soldier on and all the questions I have for you. <laughs> so the soldier on program is really designed to be an inclusive, um, program that, doesn't offer a cookie cutter approach. Uh, yeah. A serving member or a veteran who's been out of the Canadian Armed Forces for years or even decades should have the same ability to access what they need, when they need it, how they need it. Okay. Um, oh my God, I forgot the question now. No, do, I was just curious, do like, do you stay in the program forever mm -hmm. or do you like? So you, so we offer, we offer, out? the program is, is, um, we membership based. So if you're an eligible member, you have had your life flipped upside down with an illness or injury during your military career. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the shirt that nobody wants to wear, but that's the, the, the threshold of eligibility to, to, to access soldier on support. Yes. Right. Once you're a, once you're a member and we've supported over 10,000, uh, oh individuals in, since 2007. Yeah. So we've, we started in humble beginnings and we've just kept growing and growing. Um, there's a lot of folks, the military lifestyle is hard physically and emotionally. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people who have had their lives altered by permanent illness and injury. So mm -hmm. our goal is to simply be there as an, as an accessible program. Um, if somebody wants to come out and try an event, challenge themselves uh, to a physical activity or a creative activity, we want to be there for them. Right. And if they're struggling um, mightily over the years, we want to be there for them to come back to. Okay. Uh, if somebody needs some help, acquiring some sports equipment. We want to be able to help with that. And for, for, for a few of those members, we want to be able to offer life-changing um, high-profile opportunities such as in the Invictus Games, et cetera. So, yeah, I want to talk about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, so have, being an Olympian, qualifying for the Olympics is no easy task. I was so curious um, because <clears throat> we have Mike coming on as yes. our, our closer for the series. Um, and he went to the Evictus games, but what he says is that Prince Harry like challenged him to those games. And I was like, well, how the heck do you qualify for the Invictus games? Like, is, how does that work? And yeah, how many so, people get to go? Yeah. So this is an interesting topic because the, the, the answer to your last question is not enough. Not enough people get to go. 
Um, but the first, the first part to your question, how do you qualify? Yeah. This is where, this is where the, the Invictus movement or adaptive sports movement or sports recovery movements globally um, and the Soldier On program, um, yeah. how we differ from the Paralympic or Olympic movement is that it's not competitive-based. It's not performance-based. We really want to make Wait, but you big... get medals. There are, yeah. Um, okay. Because it's still a competition, but the emphasis is on um, recovery and okay. on impact and on benefit, right? And, and okay. needs. So each country, each, each of those participating, yeah, participating nations around the world who, who yeah. participate have a different um, you know, mechanism on how they host tryout camps or, or exhibitions or trials-based uh, activities to select those teams, mm-hmm. um, usually based on geography, to tell you the truth. Um, um, but each nation buys into the notion that it's not about the medals. It's about how can this game-changing opportunity help me in my personal road to recovery and help me inspire other people to put their hands up moving okay. forward. So yeah. how this happens, how that impact happens, um, for somebody like Mike, who you'll speak to, yeah. it could be a um, it could be a, a a switch that goes off in their head that says, "I can still compete. I can. There's still opportunities here." So he, after his Invictus experience, you know, they go and they start competing at a high level and try and pushing themselves um, to, yeah. to heights that they they didn't think were, were possible. Or some people might just take that opportunity um, and and work on their 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 families find a new occupation and find a new way positive forward in life. And some right, people might like find something in between. Yeah, it's like it's a stepping just, stone in a way. And that's what we really, pre- we, we really um, prioritize uh, okay. during everybody's Invictus or, or warrior games or high profile journeys is this is, a, this is a, this is a, an opportunity to, to use this as a launching pad for the rest of your life. Right. It's not, it's not the, 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 the finish line in your race or the, uh, the end of the, the game of the wheelchair basketball game is not the finish line in your journey. Yeah. Uh, and the medal shouldn't be the destination either. This is really an opportunity. So seize it to, to, to define what those next goals in your life are. Um, so if see- not that many people get to go, how do, how are they selected? In Canada, it's tough. I tell you, I, I'm going to yeah. be really honest right now. Um, is there a board? We, 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 yeah, we do have a, we do have a selection board okay. and, I wouldn't want to be on that board. No, no, it's not a, it's, it's not an easy, there's no easy decisions because everybody who is a soldier on member, yeah. who is an eligible soldier on member. And as I said, we've helped over 10,000 of those Yeah, deserves this in their life. They need 100%. this in their life. So trying right. to find who needs it the most is, is a, is a winless task. Yeah. Um, unfortunately it's a task that has to happen. And, and, and do lots of people apply? Like, yeah, it's an, gener- like you write a letter or something. Generally, uh, three hundred plus every games wow. for, for twenty or thirty spots. Yeah, so it's definitely oh it's it's a it's a really so the challenge for us. Um, but what I, hope? I, but what hope they have? Like that's three hundred. That's I'm excited about that. Yeah. So I know I know that must seem like daunting mm-hmm, and scary, but mm-hmm. like that hope and passion for those people. Do the Invictus Games happen every year? Uh, every couple of years, generally, of years. Um, yeah. COVID has thrown all of that through a monkey wrench. But the next ones are we're 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 actually just in the process of selecting uh, our team for September 2023, uh, oh. which will be in Dusseldorf. And then the the ones after that are going to be in, in Whistler, Vancouver. I yeah, know. so we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna Vancouver is going to be hosting uh, and Whistler is going to be hosting the first hybrid. Invictus Games that feature winter sports. I so know. It's, it's so, so exciting. exciting. I, I um, hope our listeners like know that, but if they didn't know, then woohoo, let's yeah. celebrate. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about that because we've, like I said, like you said at the outset, Soldier On has been um, coming to Whistler with groups of, of Canadian and allied soldiers, sailors, and uh, aviators to, to showcase adaptive sport for yeah. over 10 years now. Um, and it's been amazing. And the next two years certainly are going to be even more amazing because it's going to work towards the Invictus games. So we can expect, uh, this year we're going to be in Whistler from February 20th to March to early March for 10 days of, uh, of high octane, uh, adaptive winter sports. So I'm calling you out, Mercedes. I'm coming. Can I come? Yeah. Can I? Yeah. I'm so excited. (laughs) I can't wait. And how many people would be coming out to that? 
Um, so 32 soldiers. to 40 um, soldiers from, wow. from Canada, the United States, Australia. Um, oh, from all over Great the Britain. world. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've <gasps> used this as a, we call this our allied winter sports camp. So this is an opportunity for us as Canada to host a, a multinational um, coming together of people who have very disparate and, and different military experiences, but yeah. they've all had their lives changed by injury. And this is a chance to, to see how winter sports can help uh, fuel wait. that recovery. Yeah. I can't wait. And and honestly, like it is something to see um on on the hill. It's mm -hmm. it's so cool. And I saw that you guys did sledge hockey last time as well. We sure did. That's been actually one of our staples uh at uh, Meadow Park Arena in Whistler to um to and we, and BC hockey has been just amazing year after year uh of helping us deliver this um as a as an exhibition sport. Not only for folks who have um classifiable injuries physical mm -hmm. injuries, but it also mm -hmm. opens up the, ga the game of hockey to folks who have physical limitations that stand-up hockey might not be as accessible, you know? Okay. So, um, and I think it's, it's definitely one of our highlights. Um, it, it, I don't know if Meadow Park loves, loves the big chunks that we take out of their ice. <laughs> With the picks and everything. Yeah, I've had, um, I've had Tyler McGregor um, on in the last uh, Paralympic series, and he's the captain uh, of the sledge hockey team for Team Canada. And I just think they're such a cool group of yeah, guys. And what, yeah. a, what a rad sport as well. Oh, it is. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, um, I, would, I could talk to you forever, but I want to close out by asking, mm -hmm. what are the – um invictus game sports you said it's going to be a hybrid for vancouver 2025 what um are the kind of indoor sports the summer ones and then what, what will the winter ones be mm -hmm. if, if you know so yeah um and i'm sure i'll forget some um so yeah. <laughs> so so to all of our listeners please please uh uh google google that don't, yeah. don't take my word for everything <laughs> um but t the, t the traditional invictus sports are are think of your summer paralympic style of activities you've got um track and field athletics you've got swimming uh cycling um power lifting archery uh and i'm sure there's a couple others um and then and then team sports are really huge at the invictus games too so we wheelchair rugby wheelchair basketball and sitting volleyball yeah. have been the traditional team team sports yeah. uh certainly moving towards vancouver uh the hybrid winter sports some of those some of those summer style sports will still stay on the docket and they'll be yeah. featured in vancouver and then a portion of the games will actually be hosted in whistler where uh you know nordic disciplines alpine right. disciplines um, biathlon, um, oh, adaptive curling, I think is going to be on, oh, the, on the menu. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and there's really going to be a really special connection to the indigenous communities as well. Um, that, that affords all of us in Canada to, to, to really, uh, learn about the amazing impact that indigenous communities have had in shaping these lands, but also mm -hmm. for the international community to, to get a sense of, of, of the power of, this in a modern setting and to see how indigenous communities are support are supporting um other communities and vice versa and growing together through this through this uh these these special games i can't wait i can't wait to see you guys in february 2023 in Whistler. mark your calendar i'll let you know and if you're really lucky maybe you get to see me on a snowboard for the third time in my life I thought we'd lost you. I thought we lost you. Hey, <laughs> if I can go how, out with, a, with, a, with an Olympian, uh, I'm game for sure. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, I look forward to um, my chats with the next uh, Soldier On athletes. And thank you, guys. Thank you so much for dropping in today. Any oh, last thanks. words that you want to tell Just, anyone? Yeah. No. Well, thank you for having us, um, uh, Mercedes. It's really. Soldier On has been a very impactful program over the last, you know, since 2007. I don't even know how many years that is now, 15 or so. A lot. Um, <laughs> a lot. Um, but we've, we've been a very small program and, and, and we haven't been amazing at getting the word out. So to, to be able to come on to your, your podcast and, and really share some of the, what Soldier On is and how it can help um, is super important and we're so grateful for that opportunity. And I just would challenge uh, your listeners to find out more about Soldier On. Visit our website, soldieron.ca. Learn how you can get involved, learn how you can support. Um, we have a very uh, amazing way of uh, direct, of being the most direct way of supporting these ill and injured members and veterans. 
as they uh, reconnect with an active lifestyle. So together, we're, we're in this together and, and we're so grateful for everybody's support. And uh, yeah, like I said, look forward to seeing you and the community of Whistler as we come back to kind of hopefully what's a, what's a normal life after COVID. I know, seriously. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for dropping in today. Thanks, Mercedes so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.